Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Therapy with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Well, how is everyone doing? I hope you're having an amazing weekend, that you had an amazing weekend, and that you are living your best life right now. So, what did you guys think about our series last week that we kicked off, the Women in Business series? I was super excited to listen to it, and I've heard it again since the time I did it, and it is amazing. Now, there were a lot of things that I took away from it, but what are some things that you like? Did you like it? Is there something that you learned about starting a business last week? Well, here are just some things that I learned from last week's episode. Um, one of the first things that I took away was when it, when um, our guest, Jakira, was talking about doing something out of your comfort zone. And this was this was huge for me because so many times we want to do things that are easy, things that we feel comfortable with. And sometimes our greatest reward is not found in our comfort zone, it's found in getting outside of our comfort zone. And I realized that what is a comfort zone for you now, if you move further, then that can be a comfort zone. So each time you move out of your comfort zone, then you are making it possible to be comfortable somewhere else. But the point is, the more you move out of your comfort zone, the more you keep moving, the more you keep doing. And so I found that to be super inspiring and exciting. I also like when she talks about believing in yourself. And it's true. Now, how many of you guys have tried this? You do something, you're like, well, it's probably not going to work out anyway, or I don't know if I can do that. And you kind of have self-doubt, so you talk yourself out of things. And the great thing is, like, the person who should be believing in you the most is yourself. Sometimes we wait for everybody else to believe in us, our kids, our husband, our spouse, partners, wives, friends family, everybody. We want the world to believe in us, but we don't give that same expectation to ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves. So I found it very intriguing when she talks about how it's important to believe in yourself and knowing that, okay, I can do this. I can start this business or I can move forward in my career. I can make that advancement because you believe in yourself. And the crazy thing about it is like people will believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. So if you don't believe in yourself, then people are not going to have that belief in you because they see it coming from you that you don't believe in yourself. So that is why it's important to believe in yourself. I also liked how she talked about just getting started. And I think she mentioned this during um, the advice she would give to someone who wanted to start a business. And she's like, just get started, just do it. That was quite profound because even though we all know that we should get started. Getting started is the hardest part, and we talked about it last week, because it's the unknown. It's something you're fearful of, and you don't know how to start. But if you take a step in the right direction, you're going to go somewhere. Even if you take the wrong step in the right direction, you will go somewhere. And what I mean by that, like I know when I first started working from home and trying to do my own business thing, I was working hard every single day. I had some mishaps, some things I didn't understand, some things I didn't know I needed to do, but I was moving forward every single day. And that is what I mean. You'll learn from your mistakes. You'll learn from your the errors and the trial and error things that you have to go through, but you'll learn from it. And the important thing is that you just get started and that you just do it. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to our series last week or hear our Women in Business episode, you missed out on a lot, but don't worry. You can always catch up. All you have to do is, after you listen to this episode, go back and listen to last week's episode where our guest, Jakara Davis, talked about how to start a business, how to start a business, and how it helped her in her endeavors and what she's doing now. So you can always go back and listen to that. 
Now, if there is something that you would like to discuss on the podcast, feel free to send me a message on social media to let me know that there's something that you want to talk about on the podcast. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you that we will definitely talk about it on the podcast in some form or fashion. And or if we do not talk about it on the podcast, we'll do a Facebook Live or we'll talk about it some way, I promise. I would definitely love to hear from you guys and want to hear and know what you guys are interested in hearing about, what you guys are interested in knowing or finding out about your relationships, because this is our podcast. It's not mine. It's ours. We're doing this together, and I appreciate you listening. And so if you have anything you want to talk about, just let me know on social media, and I promise you, I will definitely talk about it. I would absolutely love to hear from you. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about depression and how to support your spouse if they are dealing with a diagnosis of depression or if they're currently dealing with depression right now. Depression is something that we've heard a lot about and that we hear a lot about. There have been many um, celebrities who have committed suicide who are dealing with depression, and I think that has brought that into the limelight or the forefront a lot more what we used to hear about it. But right now, people are talking a lot about depression, and I know that there are people who deal with depression. You may be married to someone who's dealing with depression. You may be dealing with depression. So what we want to do today is just talk about depression, talk about how you can support somebody who's dealing with depression, and if you are dealing with depression, what you can do to get help if you are dealing with depression. Now, of course, most people, we think that someone who's depressed is extremely sad or they're crying or maybe even suicidal which is true but what most people don't realize is that there are many faces to depression people who are depressed experience many symptoms which could range from extreme sadness and lows to having suicidal ideations or people who are depressed can laugh they can smile they can make jokes and they can appear to be normal and you may not know anything is wrong until something drastic happened or a crisis happened in their lives to let you know that these people are depressed and that they're dealing with depression some people are so good at hiding their depression that unless they told you they were going through depression you wouldn't even know that they were depressed depression can show symptoms that include a hopeless outlook where they feel like nothing's working out everything is hopeless nothing is good pretty much a life sucks kind of thing or it could be lack of interest in things they once loved doing for instance if your spouse used to like going out and partying or Maybe I should not say partying, but you know, going out, spending time with people or going to the movies or doing fun activities and they no longer want to do these things, this could be a sign that they are depressed or if it's increased fatigue or sleep problems. So sometimes people who are depressed will absolutely, they just won't have the energy to do things they used to do because they're too tired and either they sleep too much or they don't get enough sleep, they will be dealing with some type of sleep issues because of their depression. They could experience symptoms such as anxiety because they're anxious about how they're feeling, they're not sure about the future or are sure about their lives. They, if there's a man who's depressed, and this is not for all men, but it's a symptom that can occur in men and women as well. But when I was doing my research, it said irritability in men, and it said that specifically. So if you have a husband or a spouse and he's irritable, he could be depressed. And maybe he's not being a jerk, or maybe he's not being mean after all. Maybe he's just depressed. 
They can be changes in appetite and weight, such as either weight gain or weight loss, uncontrollable emotions. Some people who are depressed feel uncontrollable emotions and they just feel like they can't control their emotions and that maybe that's why they're crying all of a sudden or they just can't control or deal with how they're feeling. A lot of people with the, who are depressed look at death and they start thinking about, well, what would happen if I wasn't here? Or maybe my spouse would be better off if I wasn't here. Maybe the kids would have a better life if I wasn't here. So they start looking at death and imagining a life without themselves. There's loss of focus and concentration because they are just too depressed to deal with what is happening at that moment. And it's hard for them with all of the feelings that they're experiencing to focus on what is happening in their life at that particular moment. They, sometimes people who are depressed cry a lot. Sometimes they lose interest in sex because they just can't deal with anything else. They're just too depressed. Sometimes, and this is important because sometimes people who are depressed may use alcohol or drugs or maybe some other type of, I would say, harmful behavior to try to cover up what they're feeling. There are also unexplained physical symptoms that occur with depression. So as you see, there are many symptoms of depression, and so we can't just put it in a box. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes laughing and being happy and acting like everything is great can be a sign of depression. I remember reading a book or a story when I was a little kid, not a little kid, a teenager, I would say, about a guy who committed suicide, and no one saw the symptoms because he was happy and he was laughing and he was joking he just seemed so happy and so no one even paid attention to it but what they realized is that he was happy because he had already made a decision to go through with suicide so he was happy because he felt like life was things were going to get better and a weight was lifted off his shoulders because he no longer had to live so that is also a symptom that some people may have when they are dealing with depression so it's important to know and be able to recognize the symptoms of depression and know that if you or your spouse are dealing with depression, what some of the symptoms are, what you can do to help, because there are things you can do to help. It's not something that should be ignored. I know a lot of people were like, well, you know, depression is normal. And I agree, depression is normal, but there's a difference between regular depression and clinical depression. There's a huge difference. Now, of course, I've been depressed in my life. Um, things were not going well, it was situational, things weren't going well, something happened, you know, I felt depressed, I felt down, but it was in, it was a response, an appropriate response to what I was dealing with at that time. Now, clinical depression is not an appropriate response to what's going on at that time. It's totally different. Clinical depression is where someone is totally depressed for months at a time. There's no and inside for them for months. Now with normal depression, you get depressed, you come out of it within a few weeks or something, then you pick yourself up, you're like, okay, I gotta go on, let me do this or whatever. That is just regular depression because people do get depressed, but clinical depression is totally different. So we can't sit here and tell someone who's dealing with clinical depression, oh, give it a few days, sleep on it, get some rest, relax, and you're gonna feel better because that's not gonna work for them. It's a lot deeper. Now, sometimes it can be a chemical imbalance in their brain or there are other things that can be occurring, but it's not something where they can just say, okay, well, I'll give it a couple of days and I'll be fine because that's not how it works for them. So unless you are dealing with clinical depression and you will not know exactly how your spouse is feeling, but just because you may not know exactly how they're feeling, and even though we cannot even begin to compare 
regular depression to clinical depression, there are some things that we can do to help someone who is dealing with depression. So next we're gonna talk about what you can do to support your spouse if they are dealing with depression. And then once we finish with that, we're gonna talk about what you can do if you are currently dealing with depression. So supporting your spouse during a depressive episode can be physically exhausting, it can be emotionally daunting, but here are some things that you can do to support your partner if they are dealing with depression. The first thing is just be there for them. Sometimes you might feel that the best way for you to be helpful is to find treatment in your area or find support groups or talk to other people battling depression to find out what works. But often the best thing you can do for your partner is simply just show up, just be there. And see, the thing about being there is like, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to tell them it's gonna be okay or anything like that. It's as easy as just sitting there and listening. You don't even have to offer anything. Just the fact that they know that you're there and they can talk to you and you're going to listen can do a lot to help someone know how much you care for them. You can hold your partner's hand, offer hugs, and just be present. You can also respond with encouraging statements like, tell me what I can do to help, or you are important to me. Or you can say things like, I'm here for you, or we'll get through this together. But this is just something that you can do to let them know that you are here for them and that you care and that you're always going to be there for them to listen so that they don't feel alone and feel as if everyone has left them. They'll know that you are there for them. Another thing that could be helpful is to encourage treatment. Now, when I say encourage treatment, I'm not saying that you should force someone to go to treatment because forcing never works. A person has to recognize that they are in need of help and they are in need of treatment for it to work. I wouldn't advise you to nag them because that is not gonna work either. Nagging is just gonna make it worse and it's just gonna frustrate them and they may even shut down and stop talking to you, which is not what you want because you wanna be open and you want them to talk to you. So encourage treatment. And the way you can encourage treatment is just maybe sit down with your partner and help them to consider the idea at first. And the reason I say consider, because sometimes it takes people several times to hear something before they might agree to do it. So I'm not saying nag, because nagging is just going at it now, stop. But just bring up the idea. You can say something like, hey, I noticed that you've been having a hard time recently. You can share the symptoms you've noticed, express your concern. You can express your willingness to help, which includes making and preparing for appointments. You could talk to them about depression and what you're learning about it. And then this is where you could talk about treatment options, which would include psychotherapy, medication, lifestyle changes. But this is how you would encourage your partner to consider going to treatment or getting help because they may be feeling a certain way, but they may not notice that it's affecting other people. And they may not notice that you recognize how sad they are. Come to them from a place of caring and concern, which of course you would be, and you are caring and you are concerned, and just talk to them. And the thing that I like when you try, when you encourage people, encouragement means that you are letting them know, I got you, I'm here for you. Encouraging them lets them know that you support them and you're not putting them down, you're not nagging them, you're not being aggressive or forceful, you're just letting them know, hey, there's a problem, how can I help? Maybe we can do this together. And so encourage treatment, but don't try to force them into treatment. Another thing that you can do to support a spouse who is dealing with depression is to create a supportive home environment. So while you can't fix what your spouse is going through, and you have to remember that 
your partner's depression isn't your fault. It's no one's fault. And you can't fix this. And I think it's important just accepting the fact that you can't fix this. You can't make this right for them. But your support will help your partner work through this difficult time. So changes in lifestyle can make a big difference during treatment process because depression can zap a person's energy. It can affect both their sleep, their appetite, and it can be difficult for depressed people to make healthy choices. So that's where you come in. You can help. You can help them focus on eating healthy foods, get your partner involved in planning and cooking healthy meals together to encourage better food choices. You can exercise together because daily exercise can boost your mood. So plan a daily walk or a bike ride to inspire getting back to exercise. You can help your partner stick with treatment whenever possible, drive to appointments together, sit in the waiting room. Psychotherapy can be emotionally exhausting in early stages, so just being there as a support definitely truly helps. You can also make sure that you create a low stress environment at home. Routines can help depressed people to feel more in control of their day-to-day -day lives and consider creating a daily schedule to handle meals, medication, and chores. You can also make plans together Making plans together is also helpful. Depression can cause a loss of interest in pleasurable activities. Depressed people sometimes avoid social interactions. So make a weekly date to rent a movie, go for a hike, or even play a board game together. Just start small to help your loved ones begin to socialize again. Give positive reinforcement. When people are feeling hopeless, they tend to judge themselves harshly. Be sure to point out strengths and areas of improvement to help your partner see progress. Another thing that you guys may want to do is focus on small goals. Depression feels overwhelming. When someone is severely depressed, even the act of getting out of bed can feel like a huge task. You can help your partner by setting and acknowledging small goals and daily achievements. Break down larger tasks, for instance, applying to a new job. You can break it down into smaller tasks like one day, update your resume. Another day, write a cover letter. Another day, research available openings. And let me just point out, this is also a good thing to do if you find yourself getting overwhelmed with things. Break down big tasks into smaller tasks. And this can definitely help you and it can help your partner take small steps toward returning to normal daily activity. Now for people who struggle to get out of bed each day, just focus on getting up, taking a shower, eating a healthy meal. Your partner is likely to improve with treatment, but you will need to be patient and understanding when working through a depressive episode. It's important to know the warning signs of suicide. The risk of suicide is always elevated during major depressive disorder. It is important to know the red flags and get immediate medical assistance. For example, if someone is talking about suicide, that's a red flag. Getting a means to attempt suicide, such as purchasing a gun or stockpiling pills, that is also a sign that they may be thinking about suicide. When I used to work for the state um, as a rehabilitation counselor, I did that for eight years. And during my time working there, there were people who told me that they wanted to commit suicide. And what we would do is when they would talk to me about wanting to commit suicide, I would ask them a couple of questions. One of the first questions I would ask them is like, how would you do it? And if they could tell me the steps that they would go through to actually go through the act of committing suicide, that is when we knew we needed to call your ambulance. We needed to get that person help immediately because they had already began making plans. Now, they said something like, I don't know. I just thought about it a couple of times, but I don't know how I would do it. Then they would still need help and they would need to see a psychiatrist. And that's when we would talk to them and see what we could do to help them set up an appointment so that they could see a psychiatrist. My rule of thumb when it comes to suicide is that 
it's better to be safe than sorry. And here's why I say that. If you make a wrong turn or if you don't stop at a light or you make a wrong choice or a decision about something, and anything else, nine times out of 10, a life is not affected. But when it comes to suicide, you don't want to be the person who saw the red flag, dismissed the red flag, and missed it because you're like, oh, maybe it's not that serious. You always want to take each time someone tell you that they're going to commit suicide, take it serious like they're going to do it now. And it's important to do that because you don't want to miss the sign because if you miss a sign or if you let things go, you can't bring that person back because they're dead. So when it comes to suicide, I would rather be safe than sorry. So if someone is talking about suicide, get help immediately. If someone tells you that or you see that someone has the means to attempt suicide, such as purchasing a gun or stockpiling pills, get help immediately. If you see someone has extreme mood swings, very high one day, deeply discouraged the next, I would say get help immediately. Let them see a psychiatrist, do what you can to help them and figure out what is going on to make sure this person is not a danger to themselves. If you see social withdrawal, preoccupation with thoughts of death, noticeable changes in daily routines, feeling overwhelmed with hopelessness, engaging in risky or self-destructive behavior, including drugs or alcohol, abuse or reckless driving, get help immediately. If you see someone giving away belongings, saying goodbye, getting affairs in order, or developing personality changes, these are signs to let you know this person may be considering suicide. So it's important if you see these types of things happening or these changes or these red flags, then get help immediately for your spouse. Caring for a spouse with depression can be emotionally taxing for the caregiver. So it's important for you, if you have a spouse who deals with depression, Practice self-care and increase your own support network during this time because you can't give if you're empty. I always say this. You cannot give to someone if you don't have it. So if someone came to me and said, hey, Kiana, can I have $10? But I don't have $10. I can't give them $10. And I say $10, but just like we can think of loaning someone money or giving someone money, think about that with your mental wellness and your well-being and your health and your mental health because if you are not okay, then you can't help them. You can't help them if you're not okay. You can't give them anything that you're not emotionally able to give. So if you're emotionally drained and you're empty, you cannot give to someone else. And this is a time when your spouse or your partner is going to need you the most. So it's important for you to be emotionally healthy so you can make rational decisions and you can see things from a clear perspective and you will be okay emotionally. And I always say, if you have someone in your life or your partner or your spouse have depression or they're dealing with a depressive episode, it is so important for you to seek therapy as well. And I know you're wondering, why would I seek therapy? Because my spouse is going through depression. I'm fine. But the point of the matter is you're not fine and you need therapy as much as they do. They need therapy to help them with depression. You need therapy to help you with self-care and make sure that you are mentally okay because it's emotionally draining. It can be taxing. And if you are in a situation where you're always on 10 and you're filled with anxiety all the time because you're helping someone else who's going through a really bad time, it will affect you. So that's why it's important for you to seek the help of a counselor to help you deal 
with this, with what you're dealing with, so that you can be there to help your spouse or your partner as they go through depressive episodes as they deal with depression. Now that we've talked about how to support your spouse or partner if they are dealing with depression, let's talk about some of the steps that you can take if you're dealing with depression. The first thing I would advise you to do is seek the help of a counselor, a therapist, anyone. You need to talk to someone. You need to get help immediately and seek the help of a professional. The next thing you can do is take responsibility for your own wellness. And you can do that by seeking the help of a professional. You can get support groups. You can read books. Therapy, I say, is always number one, the help of a professional. And then after you get the help of a professional, then you can do support groups. And then you can read up about depression and so you will know how it affects you and how it's affecting you and how you can deal with it. Another thing to do is get active because regular movement and mild exercise positively affects the brain and your own sense of well-being. Also, gradually begin to do things you used to enjoy and you'll find real enjoyment returning. Make sure you sleep well. Make sure you eat and drink well because nutrition plays a key role in depression. Food can increase or decrease neurotransmitters like dopamine, neuroadrenaline, and serotonin, which affect moods and impact your energy levels. Make sure you just take time to breathe, like deep breathing releases endorphins and other mood-enhancing biochemicals in the brain. So slow, deep breaths steady the body and mind and impacts energy levels. So make sure to get in some deep breathing. Make self-care a routine. Self-care is just attending to your physical health, your mental health, and your wellness and personal hygiene. It is vital if you are dealing with depression to make self-care a routine. Make self-care routine by creating and writing down daily self-care routines. Be touchy. Skin-to-skin contact is a powerful component of human connection and it reduces the effects of depression. Get a massage or partner with someone for an informal massage. Whatever you do, make sure you get contact and you have skin to skin contact and you're touching because that can also help you with your depression. Expand your perspective. Depression narrows your attention and makes you focus on the negative. So if possible, with the help of therapy, you'll be able to shift your perspective and your interpretation of the people and events in your life. Open yourself up to the possibility of a different way of thinking and feeling. And then visualize your depression free self. Now this is important. There is so much power in visualization. And I know you hear people say, well, you know, visualize this or visualize that. But it's true. So if you can just take a step back, close your eyes, see what it would look like if you were not depressed. See what life could be for you if you were not depressed. It can help you. It can help you by motivating you and letting you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And you can't see it now because you are in a depressive episode. But you will know that with the help of counseling and therapy that you can get out of this episode and you can be able to live a life that you envision for yourself, full of hope and joy and happiness. So if you can envision yourself and visualize yourself depression-free, then that will do a lot to help you throughout the day to provide a steady stream of inspiration and motivation. And as I've been saying throughout this whole program, most importantly, please, please, whatever you do, seek the help of a professional and don't be afraid to take medication if, if prescribed. I know a lot of people sometimes feel like, you know, I don't need help. It's not that bad. I can do with this. I can deal with this on my own. But let me just say this, okay? So even if you feel that your depression is not 
severe enough to see a therapist, I just want to let you know that you don't have to wait until things go horribly wrong before you decide to see someone for help. I've always found that it's better to be proactive than reactive. So let's think about it like this. If you're driving and you see a squirrel right across the street, like maybe a few feet in front of you, you can begin to slow down right then and stop so you can let the squirrel get across the highway rather than having a squirrel run out in front of you when you're like almost up on it and then you have to put on the brakes and stop. You know, it's better to be proactive. So when I saw the squirrel in front of me and I had heads up and I had warning because I could see it, I was able to be proactive and stop and not have to do an abrupt stop, which was more of me reacting to the squirrel running in front of me. So the point is, it's better to be proactive. So if you are dealing with depression and let's say maybe you don't think it's as severe, still go see someone. It is okay. It is better for you to see someone now than wait until you're at your lowest point before you decide to seek the help of a counselor or take medication or seek therapy. Now, of course, whatever you do has to be right for you and you have to make these decisions. And if your spouse is dealing with depression, then this is something that he or she may need to deal with. But the point is, these are things that can be helpful. These are things that should be considered and shouldn't just be written off. This is just a moment that you're dealing with something. And I know it can seem monumental. It can seem like this will never end, but I promise you it will end. So make sure you please seek the help of a professional. Don't try to do this on your own. If you don't have to do this alone, don't do it alone. Please get the help of a professional and get medication if it's prescribed and if it is needed. Depression is a serious mental illness, but it's possible to live with depression and have a full and productive and happy life. The song we're going to listen to today is called Can I Talk to You? And it's about a woman who is going through symptoms of depression and trying to find a way to ask for help. So here's the song, Can I Talk to You? Everything 
Now, before I end the podcast, I would like to thank our sponsors, Improve Your Marriage While Improving Yourself. That's my amazing new course that is coming up. It's a year-long intensive about how to improve your marriage and in the process, improve yourself. There's a link in the show notes. Click on that so that you can pre-enroll or pre-register for this course. I would also like to let you know if you would like to schedule a coaching call with me, you can also click on the link in the show notes and you can do that as well. If there's anything you want to talk about, because I noticed that there are a lot of times when I finish the podcast that you may have some questions or you may want to talk in more detail about what you're going through and try to figure out how to deal with your situations. If that is you, then feel free to schedule a coaching call with me and I will have the link in the show notes. I also want to thank you guys so much for listening and for being listeners of the podcast. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your time. And I simply enjoy just hanging out with you. Now, if you enjoy hanging out with me as much as I enjoy hanging out with you, then I encourage you to share the podcast with a friend, follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure to leave a review because I would absolutely love to hear what you think about the podcast and know what I can do to help you. If you guys would like to get in contact with me, all of my social media is there in the show notes. So click on the links, join me on social media, and you can definitely get in contact with me. I think that is all for today. Um, If you guys need to contact me, feel free to contact me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I promise you, if you leave me a message, I will definitely get in contact with you. All right. Well, until we talk again next Wednesday, have an amazing day. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, I see